You're listening to Builder Funnel Radio. This is the Building a Family Business Show with Wes and Brooks Powell. Let's dive in. The Powell family construction business has been around for over 110 years. Over that time, it's evolved and been through four generations of the Powell family. What started as a new construction business building spec homes in the Seattle area evolved to building communities, remodeling, building custom homes, and then getting involved with property management. Today, the business currently owns and operates two retirement and assisted living facilities, several apartment buildings, and does third-party property management in the Seattle area with about 750 total doors under management. Over the last several decades, Wes and Brooks have seen it all when it comes to business evolution, family dynamics in the construction industry. This is the show where I work to extract their knowledge and experiences to help you navigate family dynamics, among other things, in your construction business. Let's dive into the show. Happy clients, more profits, less stress. That's the trifecta of the construction business. We all want that, right? Well, after working and talking with hundreds of builders and remodelers over the past two years, BuildBook has discovered the one common ingredient that determines the success of your construction business, the client experience. Yes, if you drop the ball anywhere in the client experience from the first impression to the final payment, things get super messy super quickly. BuildBook has spent the past several months developing the first-of-its-kind platform that focuses on helping you deliver throughout the client journey the one thing standing between you and achieving the trifecta of construction. It starts with marketing tools to attract the right leads, add in sales tools so you can win the best projects, and finish with project tools that knock your client's socks off. If you're looking for an unfair advantage in your business, this is it. Head on over to buildbook.co now to try it free for yourself. That's buildbook.co. All right, let's get back to the show. Hey, and welcome back to Building a Family Business here on Builder Funnel Radio. And uh, thanks for sticking with us. We took a little bit of a break last week. We're back in action. So, uh, Brooks, Wes, welcome back. Yeah. Thanks, Wes. Good to be back. Yeah, good to be back. To be back. Yeah. I feel like I need to come up with a different intro because it just sounds the same. It's like, welcome back. Well, it's always going to be the three of us. Welcome so, yeah. Right, because after the first time, you can't just yeah. say welcome. Right. That one's unique. That's nice. <laughs> we got a couple of new guests. We got uh, Luke's and Wes. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Change our names. Maybe next episode, there will be a surprise, or maybe it'll sound like all the rest of them. Yeah, you can just address <laughs> it by our middle names, and that'll change it all up. That's right. Yeah, that's good, because I feel like people already are having trouble differentiating between the three of us, so I think if we just started using different names, that would be <laughs> even <laughs> <No>. better. <laughs> yeah. Well, well Scott, Latin- I know what you're saying about that, but uh, <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> wait, wait. Who's this Scott guy? Yeah. I just changed your name, Spencer. Stayed with an S. So oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. See what I did? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess that's your your flavor of uh, if if we were to try stand-up. And uh, so that's why we've never tried it. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got hold on. I, I won't be here next week because I'm going to be at Second City in Chicago. They called me up. You know, They said, hey, bring it back. Yeah. Pulled you up from the little leagues. <laughs> Going to the majors, baby. Nice. Last time we talked about not jokes, I think. We, we talked about alignment and basically trying to align family members. And I think their whole discussion kind of came up 
commonly comes up when we talk about different generations, because we talked about how those generations have different goals. But as I was thinking about the alignment topic and, and the three of us were talking a little offline, it felt like, I don't know, maybe that term is a little bit vague and uh, what, like, what does it really mean to be aligned? So I thought we could maybe start there, Brooks, as you think about aligning family, you know, what does that, what does that even mean? You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it should yeah, be an oxymoron. Really. Exactly. Well, there's, sure. we've talked in, you know, previous episodes about align alignment between generations and a little bit about having people, you know, have being on the same, also, you know, notice the same page about, well, what are we doing? What's the purpose of the business? You know, why are we in business together? Because, you know, we took a deeper dive into it this last week, some articles about alignment between within a generation. So there's the idea of, you know, inter and intra alignment. So it's so is there alignment within each generation, which then provides, you know, some purpose in the company. So one of the first things I think around alignment is, you know, why are we in business together and coming to a discussion about that. You know, why are we all here together besides opposed to, well, we're all here together. (laughs) Yeah. I think sometimes in family businesses, well, many times you don't ask that question because you just think, well, we're here, we're related. So, you know, we're just related. So we're, we're in this. And so, but you don't have to be in it together. And if you look at a lot of family businesses, some that have transitioned pretty successfully, lots of them have some members of the family have exited the business while other members of the family have kept the the business going. And that's probably around whether that was a messy splitting of the ways or a harmonious splitting of the ways probably had a lot to do with what Brooks was talking about, which is how aligned are they within that generation? Yeah. And so you've got to really make that distinction between we're just here, we're kind of floating along and okay, do we want to actually have this discussion around why we're doing this together and does everyone actually want to be doing it together? Is that kind of what what you're saying, Brooks? One of the questions really can come around, yeah, why are we here together? If you go from the the founders generation, you know, the founders like, hey, I'm doing this because this is what I'm really excited about doing. The next generation, you know, Wes and I are the next generation and kind of in our family, the question is, okay, well, why are we doing this together? You know, is it because, you know, we grew up working in the business and we have some shared ownership besides just being related? Is that why we're in business together? Or are we in business together because we have common values? You know, going back to Wes's comment, which is about you just kind of, as things just evolve and sometimes you just end up someplace just by being somewhat passive and you just kind of coast along and then all of a sudden you're here. Yeah, that's a good point, Brooks, because I think if you... The first question that the second generation, each person in the second generation needs to ask themselves if that doorway is open to them, you know, to be part of the family business is, is this something that I first, is this something that I want to do? Is this a business that I love? Is this something where I could see me spending majority of my time? Because that's what you're going to do, whether you're working for somebody else or yourself, you're, you know, most of your life is spent at work. And so I think that's the first question. If you can get past that first question for yourself, honestly, which is, do I love this work? Do I want to be in this work? 
Or is there some part of this work that I love that if I could get to that section of it, that would be a good spot for me? If you can answer yes to that, then if everyone's done that, then you can work on that next piece, which is what are our shared goals? You know, where do we want the business to go here in this next phase? But if you don't get past the first part, you're going to have some people that are partially engaged. Some people, you know, they're like Brixa, they're just kind of coasting along and, you know, inertia, they just kind of ended up there. And then other folks that are really gung-ho and really want to drive that business forward. But if you don't get to that point, you're going to have problems right up, right out the gate. So if you align the purpose and everyone's kind of agreed, like, hey, we all want to be here. We're interested in moving this forward. It seems like that's the the go, no-go kind of big, you know, question. But then once once everyone says yes, you know, I guess Wes, back to you, you kind of mentioned goals. Like, what are those other things that you feel like are really important to get? alignment on once you've made the big decision of, yeah, we're all excited to be here and, and moving this ship forward. Sure. Right. And well, there's lots of, lots of things. And we've talked about some of them on prior podcasts. One of them is making sure everyone's in alignment around risk. Okay. Because right out of the gate, risk is the, the biggest thing that can cause a lot of friction. So I think everyone has to know what everyone else's risk profile is, be comfortable with that. And you have to come to some sort of common agreement as to how much risk you're willing to take with this enterprise. So I think that's one of the things. Another thing is finding out what people are best at. You know, make sure you're doing those personality profiles and figuring out how you're going to work together, but also maybe where you would fit best within the business. So if your personality profile is such that you would be great in sales, but you would not be good, say, in an accounting function or something like that, or a production function, then you don't want to end up in one of those functions. And many times with a smaller family business, you're just, hey, uh, this is the next spot that we have open. So, Bob, you get to be the sales guy or you know, or you get to, to run the job out in the field. And I think, for instance, uh, in our family, so I'm the, I'm the oldest that came into the into the business. And so I came in and so I was kind of doing everything. So I'd go find the lots and I'd figure out the plan. I'd go get the financing and then I'd build the house. Then I'd go find a realtor and would sell it. And so when Brooks came on board five years later, the way this discussion was went was, hey, Brooks, you need to build the houses because I really don't want to do that. <laughs> And I just so Brooks is yeah. fresh out of college. He's like, uh, okay, I guess I'll do that. So you know, so Brooks hopped in and he used to, he took over that that function. And as soon as our youngest brother Todd came along, two years after Brooks joined the business, I think uh, you know Brooks probably turned to Todd and said, "Hey, I really hate building. You know, the the construction process having to run out the subs or do whatever it was. I don't. Brooks can probably correct me on this." But and he turned around and handed it to Todd. And so Brooks took over, I think, you know, financing, things like that. I was still finding the lots. So we kind of, over time, kind of bumped against each other. And we finally, I feel like we found it, you know, generally our right spots, especially for Todd. He was a master in the field and running jobs and everything. I don't know, Brooks, what do you think? Yeah, no, I would say that it kind of, it, everyone kind of was able to find their spot and nobody was looking to be in the same space. You know, Todd, neither you nor Todd were interested in doing sales and marketing and really finance. So that 
you know, and I was, so that worked out and Todd seemed to, you know, he enjoyed the, you know, the construction space. And I think that worked. And I think you liked doing what you were doing, finding lots and general management of the whole business. Yeah, I guess. But I think, but we didn't really have any good discussions around that. We didn't have any discussions around that. And I think today, knowing what we know now, I mean, I think based on our personality profiles, so Brooks is a high D and he's a pretty high, you know, hard driver and everything. And I'm much more a, a high S and maybe a high S and a, a high I, which would mean, you know, I like people to get along. I like, you know, group dynamics and making sure everything's kumbaya and all of that. And so probably in retrospect, I would have switched our roles. So I would have put Brooks in the driver's seat in terms of driving the direction and the speed of the company hit the highest risk profile. And I could probably have worked better as a close second in command as a support person, because I'm really pretty good in that role and getting some of those things done. So I think in retrospect, I would have flipped it up. But unfortunately, in most businesses, well, there's two things that go on there. One is what do the founders think? Right. Yeah, I was going to say that. So, so number one, you know, what do, what do your parents think, yeah. and what is their vision? And depending on what generation it is, I think it's less of an issue now than it probably was forty years ago, forty thirty to a million years ago, right? But there's always that whole thing about, oh, well, the first son is, you know, does this and. You know, the first daughter does this and those types of things were pretty outdated, very outdated today. And we wouldn't use those types of things. But I think it's just or that person is just old enough soon enough to take over that role. So and maybe they're just a little bit more, more mature, you know, at that point, a little bit earlier. So they get tasked with those things, but it never gets revisited. So I think that's one thing I would urge folks out there with family businesses is to revisit yeah, good point. your positions and your alignment because when you come into a business, many times you're pretty young. You know, you might be 18 years old, you might be 21, 25, whatever it is, but you're pretty young and you're going to change a lot over the next five, six years in the business. And so it might make sense to mix things up a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And it's just interesting to kind of reflecting back on some of the recent books I've been reading. And one of them describes what you just talked about, which is kind of that visionary and integrator roles. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like what you were saying is you were more in maybe the the visionary spot West, but you would have flipped it and you would have put Brooks there and you would have been more the, the integrator just running kind of running operations, or maybe you weren't saying that. That was kind of how I interpreted probably it. Probably what would have happened. We would have figured out that I wasn't very good at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I was better at maybe coming up with, well, Brooks is excellent at systems too. So that's, it's unfair to say Brooks isn't good at systems because he's very good at systems. That's probably one of his greatest strengths. But I think in terms of wanting to drive the business, so who, who out of the group had the greatest drive in the business to move it forward? And that would be Brooks. And so I think if you put so if you got a hard driver in the business and you put someone on top of them who's not a hard driver, then that's pretty frustrating for the driver, right? Because they have to figure out how to make that work for themselves. 
And it can be frustrating for the person who is on top of a driver too, because they're getting, yeah, they're, just getting butt, butt yeah, so they're getting pushed all the time. And so, I mean, luckily we have a good relationship, so we kind of work that out. But I think there's always that little bit of a tension there between, hey, I want to go faster or I want to go slower. So once again, that's an alignment piece. And do you have the people in the right roles to make that work out? So I'm curious here, Brooks, because I want to provide a little bit of context on the the history again. So you guys were all in the business. And then Wes, you eventually moved out to Colorado and bought the direct mail business. And then I believe at that time, Brooks, you kind of stepped in and were more acting as that driver. I I think, yeah, I became president. I think, yeah, that's how that worked. I became president of running, you know, the construction company and the development company, I guess, is how it works out. You know, our dad was still, you know, at that point, you know, I'm, what was I? I was 20, I was, you know, 31 or something at the time. Yeah, it would have been, I was 36 when I exited and you were 31. Yeah, Yeah, so I'm 31 and, you know, our dad was 60 at the time or 57 and, you know, and he's not interested, he was not interested in, in retiring or anything like that. He was actually just hitting a stride you know, from a development standpoint. And I think, and within two or three years, you know, I, Todd and I were ready to, to buy the construction company or leave because there weren't, well, there weren't these discussions about transition, you know, not at the speed that I wanted to go at. And so we had, within four years, we were exiting, you know, buying the, buying the construction arm of the company and, and moving on. So we could move at a different pace than what, you know, our dad was interested in it. So that, there you go. That's a perfect example of lack of alignment or alignment occurring just by sheer force or time passing because we never had those discussions. Yeah. And I think that point about the discussions is a huge one. And I think it's good to have, I don't know if you'd really need a facilitator, maybe, maybe not. You know, it depends. Everyone's going to have a different opinion on that. But I think having a mindful set of discussions around it and and saying, this is what we're discussing, and this is why we're discussing it, and this is not the first time that this problem has ever come up in a family business, and we're going to work forward, and it won't be the last, so we're going to work forward, and we're going to work through that and figure that out. And because those discussions will happen anyway. So, you know, I when I look back on that experience of, you know, I was given an opportunity to buy another company, and so I left. But would I have left if we had had those kind of discussions instead of everyone having, oh, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about, you know, issues in the company, or I'm going to talk to you. And so kind of a round robin thing and a lot of tension and at the time. So if we had had those discussions, would I have stayed? Maybe, maybe not. It's hard to say at this point, you can't go back and rewind the clock. But I think it would have been a helpful thing for the overall health of the company. Yeah, I mean, what's the message? What's the message to people that are listening? Which is stop, pause, assess where you are in your family business, whether you're the founder, mm-hmm. and, or whether you're the next generation, or you're the third, you know, and just and kind of assess and do some research, which you know, with the internet, it's easy to do on your own, and try to figure out where your company is. And I think if you're the founder, you have the greatest responsibility. If you're saying, "Hey, I want to." to create a family business here and bring my kids or some other family members in, then I think you have the responsibility as the founder to be that champion for the company to make it work. 
if you're not, if you're a, if you're in a family business and wondering, you know, how did it get this messy, you know, because you're third generation or then if you're interested in the business as a family business, then take it upon yourself to try to work, you know, figure out where the family is. Now, the biggest challenge to all of this is if you're not in control, I don't know how much time you should spend on it, honestly. That's an interesting question. You know, how much time do you spend on something where you're not in control? Or do you think, hey, I should invest one or two years to try to get people dialoguing and get to alignment in hopes that things will improve? And I, you know, that's. Yeah, I think, well, that's going to be an individual decision, right? But I think in looking at it and seeing what the, seeing what the potential of the company is, you know, how interest you, interested you are in being engaged in, and providing the catalyst to, to become a really good family company, maybe you can drive from the backseat for a little while, as Brooks points out, try to figure out if you can get there. So maybe that conversation is, you know, going up to that 40,000 foot level for yourself and looking down at the company and going, hey, who are all the players? Okay, I got mom, I got dad, you know, I've got sisters, I got brothers, cousins, whatever. Who are the players? Does it look like to me here, you know, just working in a position in the company, whether there's something here that could turn into to something really good? Could we get people in alignment? Could we get them in the right positions? And if you think that that's possible, then you do have to bring that conversation forward as Brooks pointed out, to the owner, to the person in charge, because if they are not in agreement or they don't want to spend the time and effort on it, then you should probably go ahead and exit. Or you're just going to have to resign yourself that this is going to be kind of messy and you're not going to go where you want to go maybe, but you'll you know be involved in a family business. But it's just not going to be, if you've got big visions, <laughs> you know those big visions may not be realized unless you can get some alignment and buy-in from, from ownership. And make sure it's real buy-in as well. The more time I spend in the marketing business, the more I realize that marketing isn't just about your website, signage, social media, and print collateral. Marketing really sits across every part of your business. It starts with your brand, your signs, your website, but it continues on through the sales process. How you present yourself and your company on a sales call incorporates marketing. And just as importantly, how you deliver your service to your client is marketing. The feelings that they have in the middle and the end of the project are big factors in determining whether they will spread the word about you. At the end of the day, marketing across the entire customer lifecycle is really tough. That's why I love what BuildBook is up to. They've been working hard to bridge those gaps and solve those problems. Their new tools start on the marketing side, continue into the sales conversation, and finish with the project. Get these three elements working together and your business will be humming along. Happy clients, more profits, less stress. If you're aiming for the trifecta of the construction business, head on over to buildbook.co to try it free for yourself. That's buildbook.co. All right, let's get back to the show. Jumping back quickly to the the transition point, Wes, where you exited, bought the direct mail business, moved out to Colorado. I, I guess I'm curious because Brooks, at that point, had you and Wes figured out that you were kind of that that driver? Were you bumping into Wes? Like I know it just happened that he ended up exiting, and that ended up being good timing because that allowed you to kind of jump into that seat and start running forward. But I guess 
reflecting back, Wes had said, hey, I would have maybe swapped our roles. But I guess I'm curious, did you guys recognize that in the moment, like who all of no, your personalities were? And No, we hadn't done any disc profiles. No. no, I mean, there was no exposure to personality types. There was no discussion. You know, I think we've become much more reflective as we've gotten older. And like, oh, <laughs> you know, and, For sure, yeah. And much more probably open to oh, well, we should have done that. I and mean, we're looking at this, you know, in the rearview mirror, of course. And so trying to share that and with people that are, that are younger, perhaps, or, or earlier in the stages of wherever they are in their family business dynamic and, and suggest, hey, have those discussions, try to figure this stuff out. No, because probably I was bumping up against Wes, un, not really realizing it, you know, thinking, oh, well, here's what we're doing and trying to push along with the business. And Wes might've been like, whoa, this is, so Wes will have to say, and he might've been like, well, this is just way too much pressure on me and the dynamics not working between Wes, Brooks, Todd, and our dad. So, Yeah, I think um, probably there was some of that going on underneath the surface for sure. I think um, even though I'm the, I was the oldest, well, actually our sister was involved in the business at that time. As at that well. time, too. Our so oldest sister. And so we had one, two, three, four four family members involved in the business and we were doing construction. We were doing single family, doing some development. We were also building some retirement communities. Uh, So we had a lot of stuff going on in different ways and we didn't really, yeah, we didn't go through and parse it all out in the best way possible. So I think, so yeah, Brooks, you were probably driving on single family pretty hard. I was working on some of the retirement stuff. If there's any conflict between people, I always felt like I needed to resolve that somehow. Probably didn't need to, but I felt like I needed to. And so I didn't particularly relish that that role, even though I probably wasn't aware that I was doing it. So eventually, I think I probably just said, well, uh, here's another great opportunity. I think I'll go <laughs> try that out. <laughs> you know, without, without subconscious, you know, without really consciously processing through that. Now I would know that if I'd done my personality profiles and things like that, I would have said, oh, okay, well, I'm going to probably not going to enjoy, you know, being the squish person, you know, tries to be the, you know, something that kind of makes all these cogs work together that well, but, you know, let's see if we can get some people in the right spots. So I would have had to push pretty hard to get our father to say, hey, you know, if I had gone to him and said, hey, Brooks needs to run this. I need to be over here, which I would have been happy to do if I'd been able to think it through at that time. I mean, I felt intuitively that Brooks should run the company. And I think maybe part of it is like, well, if I step out, maybe that'll happen. And it did. But what you found, Brooks, I think was, hey, even though you're running the company, you really want to run the company. And then that's where the conversation about ownership and who's in charge and what's the long-term strategy around the business those conversations have to happen or then you run into timing issues. Yeah. We really, in our, in the business, uh, we ran into timing issues. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, just founder, you know, our dad's like, Hey, I'm still going. So I'm not interested in any change of, you know, control or whatever, which is absolutely totally fine. And I was more interested in, you know, total control. So you know, that was what created me having to, to exit so I could, you know, accomplish what I was trying to accomplish. 
seems like there's just so many variables that have to go right for every you know, for it to really yeah. like transition transition smoothly like even just the timing factor alone could just throw everything off you know yeah and thinking about the whole like alignment topic it feels like you know there's obviously the the purpose kind of where you started but then there's goals there's risk there's timing is there like a a percentage alignment do you feel like you have to have for things to to work out or go well or is it like do you need 100% alignment or that's a great question. Yeah. What percentage of alignment do you need to get it? To <laughs> Let's work? get this I, down to a science. I'm a numbers yeah, person. Yeah. I don't know. I, if I had to just pick a number, I'd say, well, 80% alignment. That was exactly the, the number I was going to pick. Was <laughs> Must like, be true. Yeah. Must be true. Must be true. <laughs> you're not going to be aligned on everything. But, you know, if you're in agreement on most things, then, and as long as the things that you're not in agreement on are not critical, mission critical, then if people have a good relationship, they go, okay, that's fine. You know, I can give on this or I can give on that or if you, know. you have someone in the in the group that's not willing to compromise, mm. you know, they need to be bought out and they need to, to go somewhere else. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just that's yeah, that's true. Right. If someone does not want to is not willing to compromise, then it's just not gonna work. Every you know, especially you've got this many you get this many family members. If you get over I mean, you get over two people, people have got to be willing to compromise. And if people aren't, then they shouldn't be working that working together. Right. Um, and uh, so I think that's where working with somebody on the outside can be helpful probably off and on. Yeah. Well, especially, especially if you don't have anyone within the group that's willing to kind of take charge of this whole process of making sure that you're working through these steps about goals and alignment and future and risk and profiles and all of that. If you don't have somebody within your family group that can do that, then yeah, you probably want to get some professional help. You don't have to spend a million dollars or anything, but uh, maybe just every so often you have them come in and and help with some of these things, but you do have to get buy-in from everybody up front. Otherwise don't waste the money. And, you know, you got to have, everyone's got to be bought in that they want this to go forward and they want people to be involved. And that doesn't mean that people won't leave and that's fine too. That's a natural part of it as people sort themselves out and Maybe their goals change over time, but that's fine. But you want to have that, uh, a process for that. Yeah, I think that's the, yeah, if you have the process that allows people to exit in a graceful way, if things are not, you know, because this is their, this is everybody's future. This is everybody's retirement. This is mm-hmm. everybody's livelihood. And if someone feels like they cannot protect their livelihood or their future or their retirement, and they don't like the way things are going, that's going to get pretty painful. And so allowing people that opportunity to exit gracefully. And so you can exit the business, but yet not be kicked out of the family. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is more important? Is your family more important? Is the business more important? You know, hopefully family is the answer (laughs) that everyone is saying in their head. Sometimes it's not for some people, you know, and you got to know that too. And sometimes you won't know it in the emotion of of the moment, you know, so if you try to to separate, uh, you know, we're sitting here, you know, 30 years later talking about stuff that happened, you know, in our twenties or early thirties. And it's sounding, you know, pretty, you know, pretty sane, <laughs> but we not, we might not have felt that sane at the time. Cause it might've been pretty emotional as you're trying to, you know, raise your kids, figure out how you're going to survive, how you're going to make a living, going through the ups and downs of the economies. You also have besides just your sibling relationships, you then have your family relationships with your spouses and your in-laws and all those things that play into it, you know, 
layer in a few holiday dinners and, you know, it gets, gets pretty spicy. Right. <laughs> and that's funny you said that about holiday dinners, because I was going to mention earlier, if you find that yourself for yourself or somebody else, that they tend to bring the holiday dinner instances into the business conversations, you know, as like, then they may not have the emotional maturity to, to handle the family, family dynamic in a business, you know. You got to be able to separate church and state. It's it's hard to do. I mean, it's just very hard hard to do, you know. And so, depending, and I think it comes from, you know, if you're if you're running a family business, you're in a family business, trying to understand how much flexibility or freedom you have, or the amount of choice you have in being in that business or participating in where you are. I think that frees you up emotionally. If you feel like you have no choice, if you're locked in. It's probably not a good situation. Whereas you have a lot of choice. Can you expound on that a little bit? I guess I'm going with the thought that if you feel you have choice to be in the business or to in in your direction with your career, your direction with your income, and you know providing for your family and things like that, I think you tend to be more content. If you feel like you don't have choice, like oh, I'm in this family business, but I can't exit. Or I'm, you know, I'm limited for income because I can't exit, or some of these things. I think then that's a net that becomes a negative. So I think it's providing that the opportunities and the choices for family members to follow the path that's right for them at that time. Because it may not be right. What's right for them may not be right for the business. You know, and who's helping that facilitate that process? Yeah, maybe it's been like for us. It may have been the kind of thing where you know, our dad should have sat me down at 26 and said, Hey, it's time for you to go somewhere else because you're at, you're not adding to the business. You know, I'm just making, I'm just using that as an example. You know, maybe that's something that has to happen. So, so I don't know if I expanded on that very well or not. Start with a choice. No, I think that's a guess the way, maybe another way to, to say that too, is if, if you were in a, in a family business and you're second or third generation or whatever. You're not the first generation, right? And you walk around and in your head, you have victim thoughts. So (laughs) victim thoughts like, well, I got to work here and I got to do this and I got to, you know, and no one appreciates me here and I don't make as much as I could. And okay. So right now you've just, you're painting yourself as a victim and you're turning around. You're probably blaming the founders or your parents or siblings, you know, siblings or whoever, it doesn't really matter. But if you find that you're having that type of a conversation in your head then you need to grow up and, you know, exit the business because yeah. you always have a choice. You know, there is not a gun to anybody's head in a family business. You may feel like it at different times, like, Oh man, I better do this, but it's not true. It's not true. We all have agency. So, right. you know, since we do, so anyway, and I don't know if there's anyone out there listening who feels that way, but if you do, you might think about that and think about, well, I do have choice and, and I do control my actions and I, I can. And your choices may be, your choices may not be the greatest, but you do have choice and you sure. know, take and, and it may be, it may have, if you're in a situation like, you know, Wes is explaining or it may be, you're going to have to have some hard conversations with your siblings or parents or cousins or whomever. And so that you can make those 
choices and, you know, end up where you think you need to be. Yeah. If you feel like, uh, I think sometimes uh, with family businesses, if it's a really successful family business, some people feel like, uh, wow, I, I don't really like this, but the money's pretty good. And that's true for all sorts of businesses, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be a family business, but it's certainly something that people fall into. They go, well, I make a lot of money and I don't like this that much, but I make a lot of money. So I think I better, you know, and I've got a family to support. But once again, that's a personal thing. You got you to gotta figure that out, what your trade-offs are, which are, okay, if this isn't, this job isn't totally fulfilling to me, but the money is correct for the other things I need to do, other ways that I can grow as a person and meet some of those other things that I would like to do in life. And that's just figuring that out. But it does, it could pop up in a family business. It probably does, especially since maybe entree into the family business might have been easy. Right. right? Kind of that. And exit, exit is hard. And exit, exit is hard because you might have family dynamics or pressure from, you know, if you're a, a child working for a parent, it's like, hey, you know, you're, I'm expecting you to take over this business. Yet there's no discussions around really all the other issues. You know, it's just like, well, you're supposed to stay here and do this. What are your mother and I supposed to do if you don't do this? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it can get messy real quick. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. It's a yeah. great. You know, these types of things are great daytime soaps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So jumping back real quick to you guys kind of both landed at 80% alignment. I know that's just kind of a rough, like, hey, mo- you want to be mostly aligned. But then I think, Wes, you had mentioned other than the mission critical items that you'd have to be aligned on. I guess I'm curious to hear from both of you on reflecting back, you know, what do you think are those mission critical alignment pieces? Wes, you started with purpose. I think, Brooks, you agreed that was kind of the big one. but. Wes, what after that do you feel like is mission critical? After purpose? Hmm. Boy, that, that's the big one. I mean, what, why are we here? What are we trying to do? Then I think probably things around, you want to be aligned on rate, probably. So, and by rate, I just mean, and that comes back to risk. So rate and risk how fast are we going to move? How much risk are we going to take? I think you have to be in alignment on that. Otherwise, someone's not going to sleep at night. And so that's going to be a bad situation. I think the things that you cannot necessarily don't have to necessarily agree on are, they're usually smaller things like, oh, what's the benefit package? Or, you know, just where are we going to have our offices? Or yeah, those types of things would be the things that you can kind of give and push on. But I mean, the core fundamental things about what's our goal, what's our purpose, What's our shared goals as a family? What are we trying to accomplish? And how fast are we going to do it? And how much risk are we going to take to to do that? And I think it'd be good to be aligned around your rules of entry and exit. So how do you come into the business? And how do you leave the business? Because those things will just naturally happen in a larger family business. People enter and exit. So people have to, to Brooks's point, you know, you have to be aligned around how to make your choices so you can leave and you need to be aligned around how people will come into the business if they want to come in. You know, a lack of alignment, an example would be one cousin comes in and has to, to sweep the you know warehouse floor for two years and another cousin comes in and goes to head of sales. 
Which is the way it should be, of course. Yeah, nothing Absolutely, with yeah, before, right, yeah. yeah, that's not happening. But that's just an extreme example. Probably wouldn't happen, but there has to be some understanding of what's the way that people come into the business. For an example, you know, we have we're involved with several retirement communities, and when we first, you know, this is many, 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 many years ago, <laughs> decades, but at that time there were some discussions about if other family members wanted to come in and learn you know, and come into the business around senior housing, what would they have to do to come into the business? And so there was some discussions, you know, the founder felt like oh, if a cousin came in or came into the business, they would need to go work through all the positions in a senior housing facility, starting, you know, maintenance, housekeeping, food service, yeah. and do that for a number of years. And it was a lot of years. And so needless to say, no cousins came in. <laughs> <laughs> Not that any, I don't think any of them were really interested either. So it wasn't like it was it was offered. But this, once again, it's just that understanding of what are the ground rules? What are the game rules? Are they the same for family members as they are for non-family members? You, know, you need to be aligned around those things. I would think those would need to fall within the 80%. 20% is just kind of the, the window dressing. I would agree. You got to be, you got to be aligned around core purpose, you know, I mean, and I say core purpose is like, well, what business are we in? Because over time, you know, you could change your businesses. Um, you know, a big, a big family business, you know, here in Seattle is R.D. Merrill. They started as a timber business. A hundred years later, they ended up in senior housing. And then they exited that and they're in a, a different business. But they probably for the first 80% of their life, they were a timber company. Until then, they finally, after five or six generations, came to the realization you know, based on just, this is me observing it through the newspaper, that they ended up, they needed to be in a different business and probably had to get an alignment around that. So for our business, we're in real estate. So are we in alignment around real estate? And then you get, and then West, the next thing you said was around risk. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, and, and then you go to that risk profile for people. So you have to be in alignment around that. Otherwise you're just going to have nothing but a bunch of fighting because someone says, I want to be in, I really want to be in bonds and make 2%. And someone on the other end of the spectrum says, you know, we're rolling all the dice and we're going for 100%, you know, growth. Those two people are just not going to get along about that. You know? <laughs> so you can make 2% in bonds? <laughs> well, I can, you know. <laughs> just trying to wreck my great example. You know? <laughs> oh, it's a good example, actually. <laughs> but now nobody will remember it. They'll just be thinking about where do I get those 2% bond returns? 2% in bonds, you know. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, well, let's wrap up on alignment. Brooks, what's a final word or final takeaway from you? You got to talk about it. If people are not interested in talking about it, you know, that gives you a, an idea of what you have to work on. And, you know, whoever's in control has to be on board because they're the one deciding whether this is something that's going to happen or not. And if they're not, just acknowledge that and do something else. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Wes? I think everything that Brooks said, of course, and then also just there's an amount of time that is required for this, a consistent time, and and be willing to put in the time. It's not a 15-minute conversation here or there. Absolutely not. It's a great point. It's a lot of time. Well, cool. Well, good stuff. As always, thank you guys for listening to us. Hopefully, this was helpful. 
kind of going back into the archives with some history and some rearview mirror thoughts and reflections (laughs) on uh, alignment in your family business. But thanks again for listening. We'll see you guys back here next week on Building a Family Business here on Builder Funnel Radio. Oh, 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 oh,